World's Finest Podcast, Episode 63. As always, I'm Michael Sims, and with me is James Doe. How are you doing today, sir? Doing quite well. How are you? I'm good. You know, a little pressed for time, but good. You get out of town. (laughs) You too, though. You too, of course. Um, So that said, we are going to skip the emails this time. Uh, So next time in episode 64, we're going to double up on that. Um, It's just a matter of basically James has to get up really early to work tomorrow morning. I have some things to do tomorrow as well. And in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about six episodes of Static instead of the standard five. So there you go. That's why we're going to be kind of holding off on this. Are you making a show about me? Not about you. The show is you. Baby, it's reality TV. I've produced shows about cops, paramedics, politicians, you name it. So when it came time to do a show about superheroes, (laughs) guess whose name came up first? Batman. Ah, actually Superman, but you were right up there. People dig you. You've got fans all across the country wondering just what is it that makes you tick, and we're going to show them. First up today is Showtime. In this one, Static and Gear stopped Poof and Onyx from trashing a mall, but afterwards Gear sees this huge billboard advertising a TV show starring Static, and neither of them knows what the hell's going on with this because Static has not agreed to be on any TV shows. So they go see the uh, producer of this thing, and Static ends up getting wooed into allowing them to follow him around on his superhero exploits. He's going to have this device strapped to his belt uh, that'll allow the cameras to follow him around in these helicopters and whatnot. Um, and it should be noted that uh, there's this lowly assistant guy named Plot Device who is constantly <laughs> ignored and misnamed by the producer guy. I can't remember what his name is. But <laughs> Ironic! <laughs> Ain't it, though? His thing is he wants a script to be read by this producer, but the producer is an ass clown and constantly you know, misnames him and whatnot. So Static's first chance at showing off on TV comes when uh, there's this guy, I believe he's robbing an ATM, uh, and he has similar powers to Static, and he actually has a hover star thing that he flies around on. Anyway, Gear detects it with uh, d- detects this guy with backpacks. So Static uh, engages in battle with him, but it turns out that this guy can absorb Static's electrical blasts and turn them back on him like twofold power. So Static ends up getting his ass kicked pretty handily by this guy right and left, and this kind of rivalry goes back and forth on the show until finally Static gets owned so many times that the producer just says, "You know what? Screw it. You look like shit, Static. You're done." So Static uses his powers and sticks the guy to the wall and says, look, you're going to film me one more time because eventually he figures out how this guy is absorbing his power and he wants to prove that you know he's still a great superhero and whatnot. He goes off to fight the guy again, but this time before he starts fighting him, he smashes the device that they gave, uh, that the producer gave to him earlier because apparently this thing is like causing Static's powers to be amplified or something and leached off basically yeah yeah and And then transmitted uh, to the other guy 
Right, exactly. His, his suit is, absorbs Static's powers. Static defeats him, of course, and, uh, and the guy turns out to be the assistant guy who was... Uh, his thing, he was trying to sabotage the show and get enough money to get his script made into a movie. And while the producer is momentarily dismayed, he then gets a phone call and completely ignores the guy. The end. God, was this ever boring. I was just stifling a yawn. Let me just put it that way. (laughs) So you agree. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Yeah, that's pretty much what I think of this one. I mean, this is the episode that is the definition of average at best. Stress the at best part. Uh, Most likely below average. I mean, besides the fact that this producer's scheme is to run commercials before he's legally uh, contracted. The star of the show doesn't make any sense. The episode itself isn't horrible, nor is it anything special at all. You know, I didn't walk away from this one hating it. I didn't walk away from it liking it. I just sort of walked away going, I just wasted 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Here's my big question about this whole thing. This assistant guy, or whatever he is, uh, he has enough money and resources to craft a suit that can absorb another metahuman's powers, but he doesn't have enough to get a script made into a movie. Please explain that one to me. Yeah, well, it's, it's that typical supervillain thing where they're robbing banks to fund some huge experiment, but while robbing the bank, they're doing it in some ultra-powerful robot suit. It's like, well, if you had the money to build that, you probably had the money to run the experiment you wanted to run. So why are you robbing the bank? The firefly syndrome. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of what's going on here. Furthermore, when it, goes to, or when it comes to this guy, he's using the microphone that is attached to static. So was the sound engineer in on this? Because a completely different guy gave static that mic. Yeah. It wasn't the script guy. That, that did it, if the guy with the script would have been the one to, to hand it to Static, then i go, oh, okay, whatever. But it's a completely different guy. Yeah. It wasn't a dumpster, but what the hell? Static gets knocked into a trash pile alert. <laughs> yes. Yeah, close enough. We will have a dumpster alert in this yep. show, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly two. I know one, but maybe two. Oh, well. But we'll get to that when, uh, when we get there. Um, Okay, here are some questions I have over just Static's actions in general. Uh After that first episode, which by all accounts is a bomb because Static gets his ass kicked, Uh he's already got this huge ego about himself? That didn't make sense to me. I mean, if the show had gone the other way and he had beat the villain or... I don't know, or he just came out looking good in any way, shape, or form, then maybe I'd get it. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite buy him having an ego right away. And, you know, that, that goes for, you know, the opposite sort of goes for Richie. Why was Richie jealous? Static looked like a fool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he later admits, oh, okay, I was a little jealous. Over what? That you yourself, you know, weren't, weren't the star of this show and got your ass kicked? But here's the other question I want to ask. The second time Static meets this supervillain is at a bank. The first time, as you said, was an ATM. The second time was a bank. He's stealing gold or silver or platinum or something. There's some bars that he's stealing from there. 
and Static is able to use his Static powers to get them away from him, but he takes him the, the bars with him out of the bank, Static does. He then sets it down on like a rooftop or the street or something. While they fight, Static gets caught up in the electrical wires, and then the guy grabs the gold or whatever it is and gets away. So Static just stole the gold for this guy. He's an accomplice. I guess in a technical sense he is. It made no sense for him to take the the, the, the loot from the bank. I, I had no idea what was going on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I, I just I, This is one, and the next episode I'm not going to have many notes either, but there's just not a lot you can say about this one, really. No, there's not. I mean, what's the, what's the phrase you use? Uh, it's a linear episode, I think it Very. is. Very linear. That, that's what it is. I mean, it's just A to B to C, and let's wrap. It's over. It's going through the motions. Exactly. The villain is terribly bland. You didn't read my script. And then his final, his final words of the episode are, I always put regular milk in your coffee. Because, of course, the producer wanted soy milk. It's like, what? Really? That's your big villainous farewell? I put regular milk in your coffee? Oh, no. Is he lactose intolerant, this guy? You're going to give him the poops? I mean, what? Come on. No, that, what's really sad is in this uh, batch of episodes we have today, that's not even close to the worst villainous line that's delivered. And you may know what I'm talking about, but it's... yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I did write down some lines in the upcoming episodes, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. When, when we get there, you make sure you bring it up. Oh, I will. <laughs> I'm not forgetting that. I don't know if you can hear me. I-, I hope you can. I'm so sorry, Daisy. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I act the way I do sometimes. I guess I want to tell people I'm static so badly. Especially you. I want to scream it from the rooftops. So when Puff and Onyx showed up, all I wanted was to impress you. Right then, nothing else mattered. Not even your safety. Please wake up, Daisy. Please forgive me. Next up is Consequences. In this one, the episode starts off with Static flying over Dakota, doing a little showboating uh, as the people of the city kind of look on and cheer him. And uh, he quite literally bumps into Rubber Band Man. And Rubber Band Man's like, dude, why are you showing off? What's going on with this? And Static's like, ah, whatever. I'm just having some fun. Let's see, while this is going on, uh, Puff and Onyx, because yay, they're back. They're lamenting the fact that, you know, they tried to be good, they tried to be bounty hunters, and they ended up becoming villains, and so they might as well just roll with that. So their big scheme is to rob a movie theater. Yeah. And uh, the theater they conveniently choose is one that Virgil and Daisy are attending that evening. She called him up to ask him if he wanted to go to the movies. But um, before she could do that, he was like, yeah, how about we just go to the movies? And then he just hangs up on her. So we're sort of seeing that Virgil as static is getting a bit of an ego. And Virgil just as himself is sort of getting an ego, too. And over nothing, nothing at all. He's just acting this way for no explainable reason. 
While uh, he and Daisy are entering the theater, he looks over his shoulder and he sees Puff and Onyx walking down the street. He tells her to go grab some seats. He goes into the bathroom, changes into static. They then rush the theater. He gets into a fight with them. And uh, during the fight, Puff reveals that she has this uh, new trick up her sleeve, so to speak, where she uh, shoots these like little acidic or whatever darts at uh static and these you know these are coming out of her mouth and uh he you know puts up a force field and those are deflected and they hit uh, uh the ceiling above daisy uh the ceiling collapses around her she tries to run away but she trips and falls uh, uh just knocking her head and she goes into a coma uh static of course blames himself for this and then the rest of the episode is just virgil uh both as, as himself and as Static, trying to deal with this guilt. Uh, and when he goes to take down Puff and Onyx, uh, he, he's pretty much going over the top. He he wants to inflict some serious harm on them. And it's actually up to Rubber Band Man to calm him down and tell him, look, acting like this isn't going to do anybody any good, so get your head back on straight. So then at the end of the day, Static does take them down. Daisy comes out of her coma. Yay. The episode ends. That's the part I was yang that the episode ends, not the static save of the day. Oh, awesome! Because we're uh, still on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts here. Okay. Well, before I mention my other two notes, um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously this one was produced way before the rest of the season's episodes because Static still has his old gear on. Yeah, I was looking it up. This one and I think it's uh, Trouble Squared were both yeah. meant to be for the second season of Static, but got held over for the third season, hence the white shirt that he's wearing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, I've actually seen this one before. This is one of those few episodes I can remember that I've seen oh, in okay. the way in the past, and I didn't like it then. <laughs> and I, I sure as hell didn't like it now. It's just Static is so fucking annoying in this episode. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, none of this episode, like the point of it, the, that Static should tone the ego down about 600 notches, none of it means a damn thing, because in the long run, Static is always going to be cocky when he fights a villain. He's down on himself the whole second half of this episode, but you just know that later on he's just going to keep showboating and wisecracking when he, fights, right, yeah. when he fights Pit Stop or Ebon or Shiv or whoever else. Yeah. What was the point? This, there, this episode really had no point. Well... The thing is, though, his ego here... Okay, it's one thing for him to be a little boisterous when he's fighting villains. I mean, Spider-Man can be a little obnoxious yeah, when he's fighting it. villains. But, and that's how kind of that's how static normally is. You know, Virgil isn't all that different. You know, he's, he's a little cocky, you know, sometimes. But here, he's just over the top, bordering on being a jerk. And I didn't get that. And furthermore... He's all down on himself for showboating, thus causing Daisy to be in the coma. The problem is he wasn't showboating when she got hurt. It's not like he was doing a trick or trying a new maneuver to to, to look good. No, no. She shot those little darts at him, and all he did was kind of put up a force field and defend himself. And then they they ricocheted and hit the... uh, 
the 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 ceiling there, and that's that. Then it collapsed. He was not doing anything out of the ordinary. Right. For the most part, I agree with you there. But the thing, the thing I go back to in that scene is, if you remember, before the force field was put up and everything, before she shot those darts at him, mm-hmm. he was doing loop de loops on his little mylar hoverboard thing. Right. So that's the only thing I think of where Rubber Bandman is like, you were you were you know, goofing off and joking around or whatever he says to him. So that's the only thing I can think of there. No, for, see, the most, that, for the most part, I do agree with you, though. Yeah, like I said, that's true. I'm not saying he wasn't doing any showboating during the fight, but what I'm saying is the actual incident that caused Daisy to get hurt involved no showboating at right. all. No, right, so, you're absolutely right. Now, if it had been clear that his showboating caused the fight to last longer than it did, thus leading to the point where she got hurt, then I'd go with it. But there's no indication that that's the case at all. Because of that, I could not buy any guilt that Virgil was feeling there. What else? Um, did the animation seem, like, a little more cartoony than normal? Yeah, it did. Okay, like, after the first few minutes, it kind of went back to its normal static shock kind of animation, but those first few minutes were very noticeably different. What was up with Puff's trail? It was white instead of purple. I want to say that she, now she appears in a later episode of our, uh, that we're discussing today, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it might be purple in that episode. Later on, when Static goes to that uh, pool hall on the docks or wherever it was, he picks up uh, one of the cue balls, and he's like going to bash this guy in the head with it or something. Did you notice that it was increasing in size in his hand? I thought that was the force field around it. No, no, the ball was actually growing. It wasn't just that there was a force field around it. I could see what you're saying there, but I'll have to go back and watch, but I'm pretty sure the ball was actually getting bigger. Like he was inflating it, but it's not a, (laughs) it's not like it's a basketball or anything. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. So when they're in the theater, Onyx goes into the manager's office or whatever, and he opens up the, the cash box and he dumps it all into a small paper cup like (laughs) it's not like yeah it's not like he had like one of those like really large movie theater cups or like a popcorn bucket he took the cash drawer and was just started pouring it into just this little paper cup and i'm gonna say one more thing and then i'll let you say say whatever you want to say i'm sorry i've been going on about this one um okay now you said a villain later on has some very bad dialogue static has some atrocious dialogue here he tells Puff that it's your turn, Puff Mommy. Oh, God, yes. I forgot oh, about that. Oh, my God. When I heard that, I literally just, like, shook my head. Like, what? Face palm? Yeah, pretty much so. Pretty <laughs> much so. It was terrible. Oh, oh uh. God. I, I, yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I've been ranting about this one. You, please, go on about this one. What can I say? I have nothing else to say about this one. It's <laughs> another another one that's really linear, but and another one that, you know, I don't think I told you I'd seen this one before. I don't want to watch it again. It's just bland and annoying more than anything. Yeah, for me, I think the only thing I, I liked about this one at all was that one uh, shot where Static was falling, his little hoverboard thing, he was nowhere near him, so he saved himself by shooting out like one of his bolts letting it hit like a tower and then he swung like spider-man 
I thought that was pretty cool, a really neat use of his powers. But that's pretty much the only good thing I can say about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw out this little observation here. Uh, when they were in the theater, uh, one of the posters in the background, uh, one of the movie posters, wasn't for the Iron Giant, but it was for the Giant Iron. And <laughs> if you look at it, it's in the general design as the Iron Giant poster. And I love the Iron Giant. I think it's a terribly underrated, overlooked film. So when I saw that, I'm like, is that the Iron Giant? I'm like, oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> The other poster I noticed there, what was it? Really, really scary movie or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it looked like Rachel Ghoul in silhouette on the poster. Yeah. I have a question, though. I thought Daisy was part Asian. I don't know where I got that idea, but I was under the impression that she was Asian. But her mom is clearly African, and, and I don't mean African-American. I mean African. Right. And her dad, I, 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 it looked like he was black or maybe of a mixed race but i don't know i always thought she was asian did did you ever pick up on that am i just crazy no. what's going on there no i see what you mean there i i i think uh yeah i kind of thought she was maybe asian also but apparently not <laughs> maybe she's adopted <laughs> <laughs> yo as the top producer in hollywood i could be working with all the big name acts so who do i choose the biggest of them all you it'll roll me yo We'll do concerts, TV, movies, all produced by yours truly, Bernie Rast. Wait till you hear what I have planned. It's Lil Romeo, and how can you plan anything when we don't have a contract yet? My word is my contract. Ask anybody. I have. Oh. Yeah. But listen, I've got the perfect way for you to connect with your fans, to show them that you're a regular dude. They already know that. Right, right, my bad. Anyway, it's like this. I held a contest. You what? And these two girls won the chance to direct your next video. Look, I'm sure they cool and all, but I don't have time to do some girls' home movie. I pass. Wait, 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 wait. Guess who these girls guarantee they can get to be in the video with you? Who? Only your favorite superhero! Static? Word. We could even get you your own static costume. For real? If I ask him to, it's done, baby. Static and me, we did a big show together, and so we tight. You know what I'm saying? It ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Okay, Mr. Rass, if you really got static, you got a deal. Third up today is Romeo in the Mix. In this one, Francis of the Fire Nation Local 78. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> anyway, uh, he busts into a motorcycle shop to steal the Akira bike. But suddenly, Ebon arrives and attacks him. It turns out to not be Ebon, actually, but a new metahuman named Leech, who can absorb other metahumans' powers. So he takes uh, Francis Von Pitstop to a jail cell and says that he's off to steal more powers. And we see that he's already captured Ebon and... Sh was it Shiv was in there with him? I yeah, Shiv was in there, too. Yeah, so he's he's already shown that this guy... This guy is really something dangerous to deal with here because he's already taken down three of the most powerful metahumans that Static's dealt with. Um, so later we see the same sleazy producer from Showtime um, talking to Lil Romeo, who really couldn't care less about his proposition for a music video. That is until the producer guy says that Static is going to be in the video with him. Once again, this guy is saying that Static is going to do something which he has not yet cemented down. 
he also says, uh, the producer, that is, says that uh, Romeo's going to get to wear this static costume in this music video. You didn't say that Frida and Daisy are supposed to be directing the video, have you? I know that, that we see Frida and Daisy putting up flyers announcing this video to be made. And Well, what they're going to do is they're putting up flyers so that, okay, because they've won the contest to direct the video, and they're putting up flyers to get attract Static's attention because they don't know they can just tell Virgil. They don't know that he's Static. So, so that Static will see one of these flyers and then show up at the video. Right. That's that that, that, that that's it right there when it comes to them getting his attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and Virgil, of course, isn't exactly thrilled about this, seeing as how his last venture with this producer guy was a complete disaster. So he ends up going along with it anyway for some reason. And when they're about to start shooting... Because he doesn't want to leave Daisy and Frida hanging. That That's right. Oh, what's uh, his face? Uh, Richie guilt trips him. He's like, yeah, you don't want to work with this producer guy, but if you don't, they're going to look bad. So what would you rather do? And so he's like, okay, yeah. So they're about to start shooting this video when uh, Richie in his gear costume gets a signal on from Backpack saying that a metahuman is nearby causing trouble. So they have to go and check it out. And at this point, now they, where is this guy wreaking havoc. I, he's attacking Talon, I know, because he mm-hmm. absorbs her powers, and now he can fly, in addition to all the other shit he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember what happens after this. Uh, static, obviously Static and Gear arrive on the scene, and yeah. um, I think I think uh, Leech makes a snide remark about Gear, how his, his power is worthless to absorb or whatever. Well, yeah, he doesn't realize that Gear is a bang baby. Right. He thinks that he's just basically like Iron Man because he says, oh, your power, I could buy that in a hardware store. He doesn't know that Richie's super smart. Mm-hmm. So he leaves him alone. Which is probably a good thing because if he had absorbed his intelligence, God knows what Static would have done. Right, yeah. Um, now, does he absorb Static's power here? Or does that no. come later? That comes later. Yeah, he just he tells him, he's like, I'm going to come for you, you're next. And he leaves with Talon. Right, okay. He doesn't attack Static until... Or thinks he attacks Static until the next scene. Yeah, because he, what ends up happening is he, he kidnaps little Romeo while he's in his Static costume, thinking it's Static. Despite the fact that Static is at least a foot taller, has longer hair, and um, is older, but whatever. Uh, and and you know, this guy different. just saw him. It's... This guy just saw him twelve hours ago, and he can't remember that this guy was a foot taller and older. Oi. Again, with the glad word, he didn't absorb Gears intelligence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, there's a little kind of throwaway line of dialogue or mm. and exposition mm. here, though, where we see that little Romeo's costume actually can shoot little bits of electricity out of it. And that's not convenient for the plot at all later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we never actually see him doing that in the video. Yeah. When they're shooting the video, it's not like he's, like, shooting these little bolts out of his hand or anything. It's just there. Why? Oh, because they needed it for the end. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, Leech ends up taking down Static and absorbing his powers and taking him to the same jail cells where Ebon and the rest of the gang are. And it's kind of funny watching them all interact without their powers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have to tell you. Lil' Romeo ends up having to try to save uh, Static. Because what ends up happening is, I know Frida... And Daisy make a comment about this, like the oldest movie theater in town. How did that come up? I cannot remember. Oh, 
they Cause that's, that's where okay. Leech is hiding. Right, because Romeo, you know, when when what's his face Leech realizes that little Romeo isn't Static. Uh, he contacts Static using the shock box that Static gave Romeo, and he says, "We'll make a trade. You know, you can have Romeo back, and I get you." Once Romeo is back, he comments about being in a jail, but when uh, Leech punched the wall, it wasn't like a, a proper wall. It it looked kind of fake, sort of like those kinds you see in movie studios. So that's when the girls are like, well, the only, or maybe the oldest movie studio we have in town is this abandoned one. So that's how they figure out to go there. That was just it. Little Romeo actually ends up springing them off from their cells when uh, Leech uh, leaves. It's at this point we see that Leech's absorbing of their powers is not permanent, you know he's got to keep them around for constant recharging and whatnot because the, their his control over their powers does wane eventually. So that's why he's keeping them alive in, in these jail cells. Um, so Romeo gets in there and he he does end up springing them all of them free, um, and they all start sneaking out. But once the bad guys get out of the place, they lock Static and Romeo in there, <laughs> which I have to admit was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. Um, so you know, I just realized we're covering this episode like. It's done on Earth 2.net, the show. Yeah. <laughs> With the synopsis and the interjecting. I'm sorry, I'll stop. Keep going. <laughs> it's okay, because now I remember what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's now we have a almost a nearly powerless static and Romeo, little Romeo, having to contend with this ridiculously super-powered metahuman with all kinds of stupid powers. And static does his best to try and fight Leech, but, you know, he's he's no match for him in his current state. But what ends up happening is Romeo climbs to the rafters and gets the uh, sprinkler system on with his magic lightning gloves, <laughs> and and while uh, you know while Leech is using uh, Static's powers, this causes him to short out. So that's how he's taken down. Little Romeo has taken down a, an Uber metahuman, <laughs> and they leave the studio. The the metahuman Leech is taken into custody and that's that's about it i think hey you, you know what i want to talk about instead of this episode anything is, is, yeah is i brought up earth2.net the show which made me realize you know in the intro our like 60 second intro we did there we didn't mention that you and i are going to be covering uh superman batman public enemies Yep, on Earth2.net, the show. Uh, we're going to be recording it after we record this episode, not the same night, like a day later. Um, so I don't know if it's going to go up on Tuesday, the 29th of September, making it episode 344 of Earth2.net, the show, or if it's going to go up on Friday, the 2nd of October, making it episode 345 of Earth2.net, the show. But uh, check Earth2.net. Uh, well, this will go up on Wednesday. So either go to Earth2.net and see if it's already been posted, or if it's not, wait until Friday. Furthermore, if you want more uh, of uh, James, uh, I was going to say James and me, but I have nothing to do with this part. Um, on Thursday, the 1st of October, uh, James is going to update his, uh, what's it called? The Grand List of Anime Axioms and Clichés, right? Yeah, we can just call it the Grand List of Anime Clichés for okay. sure. <laughs> okay, um, it's, it's currently at 100 uh, clichés, but uh, he's going to be adding 25, I believe it's 25 more, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 25 more of those. So, yeah, make sure you check out Earth2.net this week uh, for those things. Anyways, I guess we have to get to this episode. What was this? What the fuck was this thing? <laughs> <laughs> what, 
What the fuck indeed? You know, if they can create these magic lightning gloves for Little Romeo that have a little electrical power, what's to stop them from making gloves with a lot more power? Why would they even need static? I mean, because, okay, just just think about what's-his-face's suit from the, what was it called, a Showtime, Showtime episode. Yeah. Now, they're claiming that his suit was powered, okay, whenever Static used his power, or whenever he shot the villain with his power, it amped up the power. But that suit already had to have some power in it, because he was already robbing an ATM. He was already robbing a bank before he engaged Static in those times. So, clearly, you you can replicate Static's power, so you're right, you know? The, the SWAT team should have, like, a whole army of Statics running around. <laughs> Um, next question. Backpack picked up a metahuman several blocks away at a jewelry store, but couldn't detect the exact same metahuman 30 feet away in the amusement park? Wait, what? What did I miss? Okay, what well, you, remember they had to leave the, 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 uh, the, the film session or whatever. Uh-huh. They had to leave to go fight Leech the first time. Well, back, the reason they left is because Backpack detected a metahuman alert, you know? And so... When Leech attacks the studio later, Backpack didn't pick up his presence, like, 30 feet away. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you might want to work on your little computer there. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's uh, malfunctioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so this Leech guy has Talon's power, Ebon's power. Um, no, Shiv wasn't there. Uh, I no, can't... no, he wasn't, because we never see him use Shiv's power. So, yeah, sorry. You asked me if he was there, and I said, yeah, sorry, I was wrong about that. Uh, the F-stop is there, and then he's got Static's power. So he's got all these powers, right? So mm-hmm. at, at one point, we see him using Static's little board thing to fly through the air while he has Talon's wings. Just why is he... Yeah, why is he not using the wings? Why is he using Static's... Little flight board. I have no idea what that was about. That seemed really weird. Where the hell did he get the flight board anyway? That was created by Richie for Static. I took it out of Static's pocket. I don't know. <laughs> you know <laughs> what was Static gonna do? It's not like he could really stop him. You know, pickpocketed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but speaking of Leech, I love how this freak just automatically knows that Static is in the studio because some lights are shorting out. Never Thank mind you. the fact that this place is, by Frida's estimation, the oldest movie studio in Dakota. Right, yeah. I mean, after that, he turns his head and he sees Static trying to charge himself up on uh, a live cable that's just laying there. So, okay, fine, to that. But exactly, you're 100% right. He looks over, and he, or before that, he's like, hmm, I, they might have gotten away. Flickering light, flickering light, or not. Oh, Oh, that was brutal. I did not write down a lot of notes about this one, but that was definitely one of the notes I did jot down. I have an animation flub note, though. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, are you talking about at the end when they're walking out of the yes. studio? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, so the end of the episode, we only got like 30 seconds left. Romeo and Static are walking out. Uh, I think Static is carrying Leech over his shoulder uh-huh. or something. And they're walking in place. Yeah, they're not They going aren't anywhere. moving anywhere. Uh-huh. They're just walking in place. Great animation, guys. Really <laughs> stellar there. Do you know if we ever see this leech guy again? I have no idea. Because, okay, this episode was not good. <laughs> Let's make no bones about that. Okay. But 
I kind of liked him, if only because we never saw it, but he took down Ebon. And remember, Ebon's static Joker, his Lex Luthor, his big bad. And at one point, um, I do not remember when it was in the episode, but there's one point when Leech is either, like, coming into the holding cell area or he's leaving. And if you look at Ebon's eyes, he's actually worried about this guy, this Leech guy. So that tells you something, that Ebon is scared of this guy. So I'd like to see them bring him back, if only to justify him as a big bad villain. Okay, someone taking it on static, that's that's really nothing new. It happens in every episode, even by the lamest of villains. But someone taking down Ebon, that's a really big deal. They didn't even let Richie do that in his debut as Gear. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really hope, I really hope he comes back and gives... Static, another good run for his money. Um, which isn't something I would normally say about an episode, about a villain featured in a terrible episode. He's too obsessed with that stone-faced brat of his. He doesn't care about our project. then Mr. Trapper will just have to make him care. Next up is Trouble Squared. In this one, um, oh Christ, Virgil and (laughs) Richie and Daisy, they're going on a field trip to uh, one of Edwin Elvis. Was it Edwin Elva? Yeah. Edwin? Okay, to one of Edwin Elva's uh, laboratories or whatever it is. And while they're there, they bump into Specs and Trapper... So glad and, they're back. Oh, yeah, because yeah, we wanted to see these guys again. And, um, you know, they give uh, both Virgil and Daisy what for, and, you know, they claim... I just said what for. And they claim <laughs> that they're, that they um, are put on some super secret project by Elva himself. He requested them. Uh, later on, Static, you know, he, he thinks something's up. You know, he, he doesn't. He never believes Alva can be doing anything good or that he isn't up to no good. So he uh, sneaks in the facility, and um, what he finds is that, one, is that Specs and Trapper aren't really on this project. They're really just lackeys. They're just gophers, uh, or gophers, I should say. But more importantly, what he sees is that Elva is trying to resurrect his son, uh, who we remember was turned to stone the last time we saw him. How was he turned to stone, though? I don't remember. Uh, he, like, used so many of those bubbles on his power suit that oh, yeah. it just, like, they all reacted at one time and just turned him to stone. Okay, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just, a, like, they're testing this process right now. They snip off a little bit of the young Alva's uh, stone hair, and they're able to turn it back into hair, but they tell Alva Sr. that it's still going to take a few more days uh, to make sure that the molecules of the hair stay stable uh, before they can, and once that happens, then they'll test it on Alva Jr. Well, um, of course, uh, Specs and Trapper, they don't like this. They're like, well, he didn't even like his son. We were more like sons to him than that little jerk-off was, so why is he paying attention to this kid and not us? So, they have their own project up their sleeve, and uh, what they want to do is become superheroes themselves. And what do they call themselves? Hang on. Uh, spectral and Speed Trap, right? Yep. That, I remember that, makes me want to put a bullet through my fucking head. 
Oh my god. Okay. And I didn't write that down. I just remembered that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate myself. So what they do is, you know, they, they build these little super suits for themselves and they go after Static and uh, they're able to capture him and they bring him to Alva and Alva's like, okay, I didn't ask you to do this, but the fact that you would do this one hour, because now a few days have passed, of course, one hour before we're going to try to resurrect my son means you guys are assholes. My mind is elsewhere. Well, Static is able to get out of this. And in the process, Specs and Trapper, they're chasing Static around. And Static unknowingly leads them into this lab where they're going to be re uh, resurrecting the boy. And, uh, you know, Specs and Trapper, they destroy some very sensitive equipment. Um, and we find out that it's going to take a few months before they can replace that equipment, thus resurrect the boy. And uh, so uh, Alva has them, he pretty much fires them, he evicts them from the dormitory that they're living in, and uh, so they get pissed off, and they kidnap the stone body of Alva Jr., and they tell Alva Sr., look, you got to pay us a certain amount of money. It's never said how much they, they want, but it's, it's a ton, Alva basically says. Or if you don't, we're going to destroy your stone son. Um, static... Um, he bumps into Elva because they Elva storms some warehouse where he thinks the the boys are located. It turns out they're not, and uh, Elva says, "Look, you have to help me. There's only like an hour left before this bomb's going to go off, uh, so please, please help me." And Static's like, "Why should I? Why should I at all?" And Elva's like, "I'll pay you." And Static's like, "Well, he thinks I, I'm not a mercenary. I don't want your money, but." It resonates with, with Virgil because uh, something I haven't mentioned, uh, but I will now because it's convenient to mention it now, is that the uh, his, his father's uh, rec center is, or the community center or whatever it is, is seriously hard up for cash. It did not get a certain grant renewed, and it basically, this thing's going to close down. So, you know, Static never says he's going to take any money, but he does agree to help Alva. Uh, so, you know, he has his big showdown with, uh, Specs and Trapper. Trapper, uh, as Speed Trap, what he, he has one gauntlet that can speed things up and one thing, uh, one gauntlet that can slow things down. So Static uses the slow down gauntlet on the bomb, uh, and while that's, while the bomb's being slowed down, he's able to get, uh, Alva Jr.'s, uh, stone body out of there. Uh, the bomb goes off. It's a very tiny bomb, enough to have blown up the statue and knock the wall up, but not really kill someone if they're like 10, 15 feet away or whatever. So it ends up blasting the boys through the wall. They're pretty much knocked out. And, uh, you know, that's that's it for them. And uh, at the end of the day, we see that Pops' community center uh, has received a $10 million donation from Alva Sr. And uh, Richie comments, I wonder where he got the idea to do that. And Static just, or Virgil is just sort of like, I don't know. And uh, that pretty much ends the episode. So what were you thinking here? Okay, remember earlier when I said uh, about lame villainous lines? Oh, yes, yes. If I may. Please. Oh, no. Specs is history. Say hello to Spectral. I have all the colors of the rainbow, Static. <laughs> that was his opening line to delivering his new alter ego. Real. You're going to talk about a rainbow. And that you have the powers of said rainbow. Specs and Trapper. Pride. Rainbows. That's all I'm saying. 
That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> These guys are like, uh, that guy, in, anyway, was like a poor man's retarded, sycophantic, monotone Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, this one wasn't nearly as bad as the last few, but it still wasn't good either. I liked the ending. My question is, does this make Alva not a villain anymore? Well, see, that's what I want to know, too. I, I want to know if Alva comes back, if they resolve this thing with Alva Jr., um, because Alva was not doing a single villainous thing in this entire episode. He flat yeah. out says, I didn't ask you to kidnap Static. All I want to do is resurrect my son. He fires the guys. He evicts them from their dorm. And then he donates $10 million to the, 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 the community center. I, I don't know. At least in this episode, he's not a villain. Maybe in the future he'll become a villain again, but not here. At least that's something we can give this this episode. Is it? Hopefully, they bring Alva back. I mean, if they don't, it's kind of a it kind of sucks, really. I hope mm. they do. Yeah. Um. And again, this episode we went. We have the old costume. So right. Yeah. This was the other holdover. Yeah. This was supposed to be season two. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um. But oh, really, come, come, come on. Okay. Uh, wait. Wait. How could you not have mentioned it so far? I'm I'm a little upset that you haven't mentioned this yet. What is it? Specs and Trapper, they have static, and what don't they do? Oh, yeah, of course. They don't take the mask off. I mean... Yeah. And if they did, and the thing is, it's like, they should have, because, okay, normal, like like if, uh, what's his name, the armadillo guy, if he took off Virgil's mask, he's not going to know who this kid is, but they're going to recognize him. There's Mm -hmm. much more danger if that mask comes off in front of them. Oh, yeah. But, oh, no, can't do it. Because, of course, if they did, then that bomb would have had to give them am- am- amnesia at the end of the day. Exactly. Because they would have been... Bl- and they, it would it could have happened because they got blown through a wall and hit yeah. their heads on the other wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what were you going to say a second ago? No, that, that, was, that was what I was going to ask, is... Those guys should be dead. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the bomb wasn't exactly like a blow-up-a-building kind of bomb. It's just a small force, but they still went through a wall and crashed yeah. into another wall. A and metal as I said, wall. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, you know, if you were 10, feet, 10, 15 feet away from that, you'd probably survive. But they were in that room. They were only a few feet away. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they ever come back. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they don't, they, and that's the end of them. Oh, they're alive because they were arrested at the end of the episode. Were they, they actually were, being, like, led yeah, away? Let, or? Yeah, they were being led away. Okay, well, maybe there's some internal bleeding no one's picked up, and they're just going to drop dead <laughs> in their cells, you know? It'd be kind of weird since their faces were perfectly fine, no <laughs> bruising or anything. But just hey, go man. with it! Go with it! I want them I... to be dead in my imagination. <laughs> uh, I do too, but, you know, I, I, I'm firmly rooted in reality here. I know, I know. <laughs> Insofar as we're reviewing uh, a cartoon about an electric kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. Um, now, here's something. Okay, at one point, Static flat out says that he's out of juice. That's it. He has no power. And he has to find something to charge up. 30 seconds later, he's at full power again, having not charged up. Yeah, and he's frozen solid. Yeah! Like, what happened there? (laughs) Frozen solid with the magic blue beam from the (laughs) the rainbow gauntlet. (laughs) Oh my god, this guy's one of the lamest villains I've ever seen. 
I know, I know. It's so... both of them are. I'm not even mentioning Speed Trap. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You know, Speed Trap didn't really do a lot in this one. It was mostly uh, what's his name, Specs. That was the lead villain here, because previously these guys have sort of been a team, and Specs takes the lead here. Um, and there was something else I wanted to say about this one, and now I can't remember. Oh, I think one of the things that really bothered me about this one is I'd have to watch it again, which I'm not going to do, but to be 100% sure with what I'm about to say, I would have to watch it again, and that's I'm pretty sure Virgil slash Static isn't in even like half of this episode. The bulk of this episode follows Specs and Trapper and Alva. It's, and it's, it's yeah. Virgil slash Static is just there when he needs to be. It was very weird. You can get away with that with certain characters. You can do that with Batman stories. You can do that with Punisher stories. Hell, I'll promote Bigger on the inside. You can do it with Doctor Who as well. But Static is not one of those characters you can really do that with. And they tried it here and it did not work for me at all. No. And it was it wasn't mostly Alva. He wasn't on screen all that much either. It was right. mostly Specs and Trapper. Yeah, it it just seemed to me like Alva was getting even more screen time than Static was. That's why I threw him in there. When you have to use Specs and Trapper as the crutch for your episode, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> what are you doing in Dakota? A tip from Superman. He told me Toy Man was here. I couldn't figure out why until now. I thought changing my identity and moving to a new city would throw him off my trail. But Toy Man's obsessed. I guess I knew sooner or later he'd find me. Maybe I can help you get away. No. I've been running from Toy Man ever since he gave me a personality. Now, for the first time, I have a life. I'm not going to give it up for him or anyone else. All right, everyone. Before I say word one about this next episode, I want to lay out some groundwork here so you know to, what to expect, okay? Now, I have no idea what Mike's going to say about this episode, although I have an idea of the kinds of things he'll say. I just don't know what the exact words he's going to say. Here, the following list is a list of words and phrases you will not hear from me regarding this episode. Good. Okay. Passable. Makes sense. Mature. Great writing. Aesthetically pleasing. Enjoyable music. And intelligent. <laughs> These, however, are some words and phrases you are very likely to hear from my mouth in this episode. Ugly, idiotic, travesty, character assassination, creepy as hell, baby chest, absolutely wrong on every imaginable level, and and there's a good chance you'll hear the, hear the words bowel movement in here somewhere. I mean, I have a, feel, a good feeling the word shit's going to be heard over a dozen times from each of our mouths, so... With that said, I present to you Toys in the Hood. Wait, 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 wait. Before you say anything else, I have to jump in here, okay? Okay, okay. This afternoon, uh, I was I was watching this episode, and this or all these episodes, and when I finished this one, I sent James a text message saying, Just finished Toys in the Hood, dot, 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 wow, that was wrong on so many levels. He then responds with, I get the quote-unquote honor of summarizing that one. I then simply responded with, ha, ha, a la Nelson from The Simpsons. And then he finishes it up by saying, oh, it'll be fucking grand. So, James, please, please, <laughs> summarize this glorious episode that is Toys in the Hood. Well, kids, it's been over a year and 31 episodes of WFP, but we finally get the conclusion to the greatest unsolved mystery in all the DCAU. 
whatever happened to Toy Man and his sex slave of a robot? <laughs> there aren't enough baby chests on Earth to describe this shit pile of an episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, anyway, okay. So the high schoolers are all on a bus on this field trip going to see wildlife in Dakota, which doesn't make any sense because Dakota is, an, is a very obviously big East Coast urban city. Um, so I wasn't aware that they had any other wildlife other than the various mutants running around everywhere, but I digress. So the teacher running this field trip is named Miss Moore, and you can pretty much guess who she is already. Hmm. Uh, suddenly, the bus is assaulted by a giant robot monkey with symbols. Static and Gear leap into action to stop this thing after everyone except Miss Moore and Daisy run off. The monkey seems to be targeting Miss Moore, and it easily takes down Gear, and Gear ends up spraining his ankle. Static's powers also seem to be useless against it, even though it's chock full of metal parts. Mm. And as we soon find out, because Superman arrives and uh, uses uh, uses the school bus uh, to destroy it, and I, I have to say he arrives to the goofiest hero music I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it happens many times. Mm. Um, Superman ends up using his X-ray vision to assure Richie that his leg isn't broken, and he just flies off. He doesn't carry Richie to uh, a hospital or anything. He just flies off. Um, the next day, uh, Richie and Virgil are discussing the gigantic monkey when who should show up at the school, but Clark Kent. He explains that he's there to get the scoop on the Superman fight with the giant monkey, and uh, Daisy, I believe, suggests that he talk to Miss Moore, since for some reason I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, so Kent goes into the school, but Moore is uh, hiding for some reason. But, you know, it's Superman. He finds her, and he greets her as her real name, Darcy. He offers to help her with uh, the Toy Man situation, since apparently Toy Man is in Dakota right now. Um, but she outright refuses. And it's at this point that outside in the schoolyard, a gigantic robot clown starts attacking everyone, and Static leaps into action, tries to stop them, but one of them ends up turning into six because one jumps out of another, jumps out of another, jumps out of another, so on and so forth. Um, one of them actually ends up kidnapping Daisy, but Superman has to save Static, who's been uh, downed by one of these things. And this allows the one that kidnapped uh, Daisy to get away. And Superman is really worried at this point because he figured that they were after Darcy, and it, it turns out that Darcy is now missing in action, too. Daisy wakes up later, strapped to a table in front of a giant easy-bake oven, and, no, I'm not making this up, uh, Darcy is there also with Toy Man, and she reveals that she wants to be human, and the human she wants to be is Daisy. Superman and Static are, meanwhile, go to Darcy's house, and they find a room with, uh, just full of robotic parts, and by tracing a serial number on one of them, they find Toy Man's hideout. Well, in the interim here, Toy Man explains that his machine can create nanite duplicates of anyone. Uh, and Darcy said that she became a teacher to find the, you know, the most suitable human to become, uh, just for her to become. And she picked, the person she picked was Daisy. Um, Toy Man puts Darcy and Daisy in the machine, and indeed Darcy's mind is transplanted into this nanite uh, body, and she becomes an exact duplicate of Daisy. At this point, Superman and Static arrive on the scene, but Toy Man fends them off with a supercharged paddle ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, Darcy's 
process ends up com- being completed. She comes out of the Easy Bake Oven, and she is now a perfect duplicate of Daisy. And Toy Man then unleashes a bunch of plastic kryptonite toy soldiers, which neutralize both heroes, since apparently Static's powers don't work on plastic, and the kryptonite is hurting Superman. The whole thing with Static's powers not affecting things just hurts my head. But at this point, though, Darcy betrays Toy Man and tries to kill him, but she notices Daisy's escaped, and she she turns her attention away from Toy Man and runs off after Daisy. So when she catches up to her, Daisy says no one will ever be suckered into believing that, that Darcy is the real Daisy. But Darcy says that she studied her mannerisms and speech patterns over the months, and she can mimic her perfectly. Um... Static manages to beat the toy soldiers by creating a massive static field around frying the computer chips inside them. And after this, you know, he, and he obviously saves Superman, and they fly into the next room where Darcy's about to drop Daisy into a vat of molten plastic, and Darcy kind of switches positions with Daisy, making Daisy look like the bad one. Uh, and they each claim to be the real one, so Superman uses his X-ray vision but since Darcy is an exact duplicate down to the skeleton, he can't just, he, he can't figure out who the real one is. So at, at this point, Static realizes that every human has an electrical aura that surrounds them at all times, so he makes these auras visible with his powers, and everyone in the room except Darcy has one, so now they know that she's the fake. She ends up getting away, but she collapses moments later because the nanites that comprise her body are degenerating. She is melting on the floor. Uh, Toy Man explains that it was a fail-safe in case she betrayed him again, and she begs for Toy Man to help her, and he does pull out an antidote, but he throws it into the molten vat of plastic. And at this point, Darcy disintegrates. She's gone. Uh, the police take Toy Man into custody, Superman leaves, Static and Daisy have a romantic moment uh, flying through the sky, and I'm ready to shoot myself in the head. This is... Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I couldn't even finish that sentence. That's how bad this one is. Um, if, if if I may borrow from our Dark Knight discussion of Batman Returns, uh-huh. I believe the word you're looking for is ah! <laughs> Oh my god, this from start to finish is so bad. It brings back characters and a plot thread that we did not need to see again, that we did not need resolved. It introduces Superman with the worst theme music they have used so far. I would rather listen to Kangor's greatest hits than (laughs) this Superman theme ever again. Previously, I've complained that Batman's theme, while he makes appearances on Static, was bad. This is so generic. Superman's music should be... Okay, when you think of Superman's music, first and foremost, you think of the theme from the Superman movie. Then you might think of, like, the theme from the cartoon. And both are very iconic. You hear them, and you know they're Superman themes. On the Superman DVDs, I'm talking about the Superman the Animated Series DVDs, that is. Uh, I forget which one, probably the most, probably the first episode, I believe there's a commentary on that one. They're talking about how that theme, you can almost sing it. It's like, Superman! Superman! And that's how it should be with Superman's music. Here, there's none of that. There's none of that majesty, none of that glory, none of that power that signifies that the greatest superhero of all time is swooping in to beat up on whoever he's going to beat up on. 
No, instead, they just took something out of their file labeled generic and ran with it. It was it, That is insulting to me. Insulting. It sounded like music you would hear in an early 1990s PC game. I, I can I, absolutely hear what you're saying there, yeah, yeah. It, or like a, a Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. I, that's It was just terrible, terrible, terrible. But that's pretty much the theme for this episode. It's mm-hmm. This is the worst episode of anything that we've reviewed since Mean Seasons, in my opinion. Which one is Mean Seasons? Uh, Calendar Girl with the mask and... Yeah... Yeah. I think I think I don't think we've reviewed an episode worse than this one since then, and yeah. I'm counting I'm counting Terry fucks uh, fucks around <laughs> on Dana too. Yeah, yeah. Where the fuck do we start with this one besides the music? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't just wherever you want to start. You just go ahead. Okay, well, I'll go back to the beginning here. Are the students on that bus fucking deaf? That gigantic <laughs> monkey is like bang, bang, yeah. bang for hundreds of yards, and every one of them is completely oblivious to it. They're all just staring ahead at the blonde teacher, you know? Like, what is that? Maybe. Well, she is a sex bot. <laughs> they don't know that, but who the hell cares? Yeah, yeah. Same scene. How the hell does Richie conceal his costume on a school bus field trip? I can mm-hmm. buy the green suit being under his regular street clothes, but where is he keeping that helmet and those skates? Right. Next question. Static knows about the Fortress of Solitude How? Yeah, it always bothers me that people know about Superman's secret lair. Okay, it's one thing if in some article Lois mentioned it. Like, I don't know, Superman in an interview mentioned it. But is he really going to mention that it's at the North Pole or wherever the fuck it is? Because Static says that he knows it's a frozen fortress. How does he know that? Uh, I mean, and Richie even makes a comment about it saying uh, it might... If you get around there, it's going to be the uh, puddle of solitude or whatever he said. Right, yeah. Whatever it was. I don't remember the exact line. Yeah. What about you? I've got plenty more notes, but I want to hear something from you now. Okay, okay. I- I'm just going to get t- t- to my biggest fucking problem with this I- episode. I think I know what it is, too. Okay, and if if what I'm about to say is not what you thought I was going to say, once I'm done, please jump in with what you thought I was going to say. First off... Last time we saw Toy Man and this robot, we were lamenting the fact that Toy Man basically made this artificially intelligent sex doll for himself, correct? Right. Now, this sex doll wants to create a new body for herself to continue being a sex doll, but a human sex doll, and she chooses a 15-fucking-year-old girl? And Toy Man is, is going to go along with this? Toy Man, who they've established, is an adult? Now, how that made it past the, the, the censors, the producers, anybody with a fucking brain in their head, I, I, I don't get that. I, 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 it, it, it's riled me up to the point that I do not have any words for it. None. That is disgusting to me. If it was another robot that wasn't previously used as a sex doll, that toy man, an adult, admits that he loves, then, you know, I'd probably have no problem with it. You know, if it was just an artificially intelligent being that wanted a human body and it chose a 15-year-old girl, fine, whatever. But when you start throwing in toy man loving her, it being this, this object that... 
was it implied that he had raped the doll or something before? I meant to go back to like listen to the last time we spoke about these characters or, or maybe even watch the previous episode, but I didn't do that. But I know there was some sexuality with that doll before, right? Oh yeah. When we, when we reviewed obsession, the first episode where all this nonsense happens. Yeah. We pretty much implied that there was some abuse going on there. Yeah. The doll, the robot. And, and, and so they're continuing that trend with the body of a 15-year-old girl. That is so fucking sick to me. It's one of those things that almost makes me want to say, you know what? We're done with static. We're skipping the, the, the look back, and we're going straight to Justice League. That is how much it pisses me off. It, it literally makes me just sick to, to, to my very core. That it was pitched and then produced and then aired. And no one stepped in and said... There's a problem with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you remember, you watched Superman Doomsday, right? No. Oh, you didn't? You never no, saw that? never seen okay. it, no. Well, in there, Toy Man is very obviously a grungy pedophile, okay. and he ends up killing a little girl. I'm wondering if they got the idea for that Toy Man from this episode. I'm not, I'm not joking either. You know, something in the back of my head somewhere is telling me... <sighs> I'm not, okay, I, I don't know much about Toy Man, but something somewhere tells me that that's kind of been part of his shtick. Please, someone who's more familiar with the Toy Man character, write in and let us know if I'm right or wrong. So if it was a part of his character before this, you know, yeah, someone could say, oh, well, it's always been a part of his character, so you shouldn't be mad that they're introducing it into the cartoon. But yeah, I can be mad that they're introducing it into the cartoon. And if it wasn't part of his tip before and then they brought it over to uh, the, the comics or the other media featuring Toy Man, I still find that fucked up. Yeah, and Mad Hatter, that's part, that's kind of been, well, is he a pedophile or is he not? That's kind of been part of his, you know, backstory, yeah, too. Yeah, but at least in Batman the Animated Series, when they when they did that, he was ch- chasing after a woman. A 20-year-old, yeah. Right, she, she, he might have dressed her up to look like a little girl. Creepy. It is, but at least she was a professional. She wasn't a high schooler. You know, so I'll admit it's creepy, but it's not disgusting as this is. Well, shall we get away from that a little bit and get back into some off-the-cuff shit? (laughs) Oh, no, I've got a little more involving the sickness of this episode when it comes to pedophilia. Superman x-rays three teenagers, two of which are young girls. Yeah, Superman, I'm going to say this again. Superman uses his x-ray vision on three teenagers, two of which are young girls. What the fuck? And don't write in and be like, oh, he was only looking at their skeletons. It doesn't matter. The implication is there. That if Superman can, can, can see through all the way down to your bones, he could take a peek at other things as he's getting to your bones. I don't want to hear it. It's wrong to have super. It's one thing to have Superman look at Richie's ankle. That's that's him looking at an ankle. He did a full body scan on Daisy, Daisy Two, and Virgil. And I don't want to hear any justification about it. None at all. Now we can get into the off the cuff stuff. Well, you know, I, I'll kind of lead into uh, make a bridge here, if if you will. Uh, I would love to have heard the conversation between St- Superman and Static when Soups has to explain everything as he says he's going to remember uh, when they're uh-huh. yeah he said like 
T- take me there. I'll explain everything yeah. to you on the way. I would love to have heard that conversation. <laughs> so I have this villain called Toy Man, and he's horny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, just, speaking of Toy Man, does his machine duplicate clothing, too? Apparently it did. <laughs> you know, not that I wanted to see a new Daisy come out of there, but apparently it did. Um, oh my god, I, I have to mention this. We got an insane clown posse reference. Uh, yeah. yeah. And considering their lyrics, I can't believe that got past the censors either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what, the censors probably didn't even know what was being spoken about. Yeah. I would put money on it. They were like, okay, whatever. They, they did not get the reference at all. Because you listen to one Insane Clown Posse song, yeah. Here's something that, it's not really part of this episode, it's just a general question here. Why did Superman not mention the fact that Static took out Brainiac a few weeks ago? Yeah. And for that matter, why didn't Static say, hey, guess what I did to you, one of your number one villains? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think that should have come up at some point, you know? Yeah, a little continuity there would have been nice, yeah asking for anything additional in this episode to kind of tie it in with anything else is just... You don't yeah, at this it. point, let's just assume this single episode is out of continuity, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the race robot. Yeah. <laughs> this is the static robot and the yeah. super robot. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to ask something, because I just don't get a whole hell of a lot of this episode. It turns out that Daisy was really working with Toy Man all along. You mean Darcy? Did I? What did I say? Daisy, you're right. Darcy was working with Toy Man all along to kidnap Daisy to duplicate her to create the underage sex bot. That is what was going on, right? Uh, we have to assume so. So then, what was with the whole, let's send a giant monkey to go kidnap the girl, let's send a, a, a bunch of clowns after them to kidnap the girl. Why not just do something subtle and have the robot teacher lady be like, "Oh, you know what, Daisy? I mean, because this episode's creepy enough, so let's just let's just go even creepier. Be like, you know yeah. what, Daisy? I think you need a little tutoring. Why don't you stay after school with me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, just yeah. if you're gonna go creepy, just just turn the volume up to to beyond 11 and, and just go with it. it i just once it was revealed that she was in on it the whole time i'm like then what was the point of the monkey and the clowns and all that none of that made sense to me i will say there's a little thing when looking back that is a clue that darcy wants daisy when they're leaving the bus she is holding Daisy's hand, and she's like, come with me, Daisy. And at one point, she even kind of drags her for a few feet. Yeah, like, stay close. Right, she will not let go of her. When you look back, you're like, oh, okay, they were setting it up all along. But but then why were they running from the monkey? Why didn't she throw her at the monkey and let the monkey kidnap her? Just none of that makes any sense at all. You can't tell me that... At some point, Darcy just said, okay, I'm just going to roll over and be with Toy Man. No, it's implied that they're together the whole time. Yeah. Which... But at the same time, she, she's playing Toy Man because she ultimately is using him. She doesn't want to be with him. Because what, what was failed to be mentioned in the synopsis, and I don't begrudge you for failing to mention it, was the Ken doll that came driving <laughs> in out of nowhere and then disappeared. Did the car get blown up? I, I didn't even see what happened to that car. It just drove yeah, it in, just... did something, and then was gone. And I just spit on my monitor. So. 
I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't spit all over it when you were ranting about the, your big rant earlier. I think that landed on my keyboard. Uh, but uh, what were we talking about? The Kendall? What was I saying before that? I got yeah. distracted by the spittle on my monitor. <laughs> about the car disappearing and yeah, where did that come from? And what's what's the nonsensicality of the the, the monkey and the the clowns? So we could get that insane clown posse reference. It, it, I mean, when you look back on it, it's just all padding. Is yeah. all it is. It's just there to put in some action. I mean, oh, and and some god awful puns. Come yeah. on, Static. Let's put away the toys. Yeah, yeah. This episode is just rife with horrible puns everywhere. Mm-hmm. You two deserve a paddling. <laughs> I can kind of buy that from Toy Man, if you want the truth. I can buy that kind of dialogue from the Toy Man character. Yeah. I don't know why, but I can. Um, Oh, I know why. Because he's fucking Toy Man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much so. Um, And did Static call Superman Super Dude? Yes. Oh, Super Dude. Oh, yes. Please, let's show respect to the greatest superhero in in all of comics by calling him Super Dude. Yes, a Uh, reference to all that. From way back in the Nickelodeon days. <laughs> I believe that was all that, wasn't it? Keenan Thompson? Or whatever his name is? Dude, I'm like seven years older than you. I wasn't watching that. You're forgetting oh. that I'm like older than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you were you were a child of the 80s, though, weren't you? Uh, I, I never saw all that, I will admit. Well, I mean, all I that was it. in the 90s, but still, I figured you might have seen it once or no, twice. No, no, I've seen Good Burger. Ugh. Which, Which same same actors, right? So. But no, I've never never seen all that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, okay. No, I know of its existence though. So okay, okay, good um, enough. Now I have another question involving this plot or whatever is standing in for this plot and just the ideas behind it. So let me get this straight. And please correct me if I say anything wrong along the way. Okay, we've got Daisy, human. We've got Darcy, artificially intelligent robot. Not a cyborg, but a robot, okay? In between them, in front of the Easy Bake Oven, is this mound of clay that is basically a bunch of nanite robots, correct? Uh, Yep. Okay, they're going to take Daisy's DNA they say, and, you know, shoot that over to the nanites, and then they're going to take Darcy's brain and shoot that over to the nanites, creating this hybrid, correct? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, somehow the nanites are gone, but the DNA have, have replaced them? Okay, so if we're willing to accept, let's just say we accept the fact that Darcy is now human, and that's why she has DNA, and the nanites are gone, Correct? Okay, I, I can't even do that. I, I, I can't make heads or tails of what's going on there. But let's say we're going to accept that. Then how is it, if she's human, that she has no aura at the end? Yeah. They're and trying to tell us she's human, but she's not. But they keep saying she has DNA. That's why Superman can't even use his X-ray vision. I don't know how X-ray vision can detect DNA, but whatever it does. <laughs> that's how he's able to use his super peeping to see if it's DNA or nanites in the bloodstream. He sees only DNA. In both of the daisies. Okay, so she's human. But if she's human, how did the failsafe work? Yeah, 
the nanites should have still been in the bloodstream and Superman would would have been able to see them. So if we're to assume that she has both DNA and nanites in her system, which is what we're now assuming by the end, we just witnessed a human being slightly modified by nanites, or nanites slightly modified into being a human being, however you want to word that, completely melting. That wasn't a robot that was in some form a human that was melting. That's why when that blob of red started hitting the ground, which of course was Daisy 2's shirt melting because it was a red shirt, it disgusted me because it, it was like blood instead of, you know, just the red dye from the shirt or whatever. It was so, like robot leprosy. Yeah, I can't figure out if she was supposed to be human or a ro- robot or, or what because they kept flip-flopping. It's sort of like that problem with Quantum Leap. Was it Sam's essence that was leaping, or was it Sam's body? Sometimes they say it was the body, sometimes they would say it was the essence, and they never quite settled on it. You know, and that's what was going on here. No, it's DNA. No, it's nanites. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And they went back and forth to the point where they just confused you. You know, it was like it was like one of those like street corner sleight of hand things. Here's the card. No, here it is. Oh, no, it's back over here. To the point where you don't know what you just missed, and you don't even question it. Well, I fucking question it. Sorry. So there. God, I don't think I have any more notes, honestly. I'm I'm just going to throw one little thing out there, then. Okay. Again, Superman's X-ray vision. When he is scanning the school, looking for Darcy, was there a pentagram on the chalkboard? Oh, I don't know. Go back and look. There's a circle with a star in it. There's something else on the blackboard, too. I'm assuming it's some sort of, like, geometry class or something. But if she teaches geometry, why was she taking them on a nature field trip? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It... And if she's teaching, you know, some sort of, like, natural science or something like that, why is she drawing a pentagram on the chalkboard? Geometry, as taught by <laughs> Alistair Crowley. <laughs> As you know, before you were... Before you came along, we worked with Dr. Koenig here. We were trying to find a way for living cells to absorb energy more efficiently. Bypass the whole metabolic process. It was a dead end. We went on to another project. Me? Yes, while Koenig continued his research. He experimented on himself. You see the results. I achieved my goal. I gained the ability to absorb mass from other objects. Their atomic structure collapses, I become tougher. Unfortunately, I also ended up with some unpleasant side effects. I can't stop the process. Soon he won't be able to move. He'll become a living statue. That's why he stole those things, so we could build this chamber and force the cure into his skin under pressure. And last up today is the parent trap. In this one, Shebang is back. Yay! It's just a shame it's in kind of a crummy episode. But what's going on in this one is that um, uh, Shebang, Shebang, what is her real name? I just totally lost it. Shanice, yes. Uh, Her parents have been kidnapped. She actually has video of them being kidnapped um, because they were like doing a teleconference or something. And uh, they were visiting uh, Dakota uh, from wherever they were hiding in witness protection. And so she, of course, has gone to Dakota and sought out the help of Static and Gear to find her parents. Um, When she goes to visit them at their secret gas station hideout, um, she sees them take off their masks. So now they all know each other's secret identities. So they team up to go find uh, her parents. And what they discover is that there's this giant 
I don't want to say giant, but, you know, there's just the bigger dude who's just like, we find out that he weighs, at least at that point in the episode, like 4,000 pounds. He's just super dense. And uh, he's been breaking into some uh, laboratories all across Dakota. And, uh, you know, Static, Gear, and uh, Shebang, they try to stop him as he's at this one facility. And as they're trying to stop him, these two mechs come walking in, and we see that the mechs are being controlled by Shebang's parents. And so they're in cahoots with this guy, and his name is Koenig. And uh, so they're stealing some more chemicals from this place, and then Shebang later on is lamenting the fact that her parents are apparently villains. She doesn't know what's going on here. Well, um, we cut to her parents uh, in some lab with Koenig, and we find out that, you know, they're all former colleagues, and they were working on an experiment to... What were they doing? Something about cells and density and absorbing things, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, he continued this experiment after uh, Shebang's parents abandoned it, and that is when they moved on to the experiment that would create her. Due to this experiment, you know, he became this creature that's just absorbing all this stuff. And what we also find out is that um, he can't stop absorbing things uh, because he has this, like, just this, like, unending hunger. But the more he absorbs, the more, the more dense he becomes. The more dense he becomes, the less he's going to be able to move the greater the chances are that he's just going to become a statue, so to speak, and the less likely it is that this experiment that he's duped Shebang's parents into uh, helping him with is going to work. And, of course, that experiment is to turn him back into human form. So they, you know, they, they try running this experiment. It doesn't work because he is just too dense. Um, the teen heroes, they then show up, um, and they put a stop to him, but only through a stroke of luck because a static piles a bunch of cars on him and he absorbs all these cars and in so doing he becomes super dense and just falls 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 through this parking garage and he tries to get up and he just comments that he can't and uh, in the end we see him being taken away uh the kids then say hopefully um you know he will find a cure for himself or the government or whoever has taken him will find a cure for him and uh, Static says, hey, you know what? We make a great team. And Gear and Shebang are like, a team? And Static's like, yeah, I guess so. The next time you show back up in Dakota, Shebang, yeah, we'll definitely team up with you uh, without there being any hostility. Because, again, there was some early hostility between uh, Shebang and Static. And that ends this one. What were you thinking? I thought it was decent. I don't think it, w- it was probably the best of this pretty, really, pretty bad batch of episodes yeah um always love hearing ron perlman yeah that that was a very pleasant surprise having a ron perlman voice character um definitely got an extra point just for his presence and no i'm not even joking yeah he's just he's a a god of voice acting yeah he is he is um i like I, i like the villain uh, heavy man, I think is what they call him, like his code name or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just, there are too many problems with it, I think, because if this guy walks around absorbing matter, shouldn't he have like become part of the earth by now? I just, unless it's something he, he actively controls, which I think they did show. So maybe this plant isn't so much a complaint at all. No, it's something he, okay. He controls when it happens, but he can't control the fact that it happens. It's like, you can't control the fact that you get hungry. 
and you just mm-hmm. have to eat. That's what's happening to him. But it's more of an almost like that feeling you get. Um, not that I'm an addict of anything, but I imagine it's the feeling that like an addict would get. Like I have to have it now. Um, they don't exactly make him sympathetic in that regard, but you kind of understand where he's coming from all the same. He really doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. He's just doing what he's doing to become human again. And you kind of get the feeling that if he were to become human again, he'd stop doing this. It's not like he's insane. He's just driven to cure himself because if he doesn't, he will be stuck as a statue. In fact, when they take him off, you kind of know his fate's sealed. The kids are trying to be optimistic. Oh, maybe they'll find a cure for him. But his hunger consumes him so much that the next time he eats, he's probably done for. That, that That's it. They'd have to have an, uh, uh, an antidote ready and waiting for him to, 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 to save him from permanent statue-ness. So, yeah, kind of an ominous end to that character if you really think about it. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if he comes back or not. I pr- he probably doesn't, though. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like a good one-off villain, if Which you want the truth. doesn't really happen all that often. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And you know what? Last time Shebang was in an episode, I had said, hey, you know what would have been kind of cool if we got a Shebang show? I think it would have been neat if they did a Shebang show or a Shebang comic if he came back for her. Because he's not necessarily a static villain. He's a Shebang villain. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hope he doesn't come back, unless it's in a Shebang episode, because I think she comes back one more time. Yeah, we get our second static gets knocked into a dumpster alert. Exactly, exactly. And then Richie jokes about it. Yeah, why is it always a dumpster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Here's a question I have. How the fuck do you leave a foot, uh, footprint in wood? Thank you. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up or not, but thank you. Especially when this when this guy's weighing 4,000 pounds, that wood's going to be splintered and just all the... Ugh broken in half for many many pieces yeah yeah (laughs) he left a footprint in solid wood never mind they they don't seem they they don't seem all that impressed when he does it in concrete you know yeah i know there are those footprints again in concrete yawn (laughs) it wasn't wood so eh, it's not not worth our time yeah, I like how they try to figure out who it is. Could it be Kangor? No, 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 no. He wears 138 double wide or whatever. You know? <laughs> that was that was a little neat uh, joke between the two. You know, just referencing another villain. It showed them trying to be detectives. I liked mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's pretty sad when this is the episode I'm most excited to talk about this week. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not really a good episode. It's just better than the other ones. And the score is going to be slightly inflated because of that. Yeah, it is. (laughs) On any other day, this one would probably be at least a point lower (laughs) than what I'm going to give it. (laughs) Just think of our last batch episodes. Most most of them were really good. Yeah. Like six, sevens, eights. Mm -hmm. This one, ooh, 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 bad. Yeah. Okay, when Heavy Man or Tony Egg or whatever his name is, goes to the that one factory or whatever it was, you know, the the place where it's revealed that Shebang's parents are reluctantly working with him. There's a cop on the scene. He's in his squad car. Then we see a tanker come barreling towards him, which he stops. Now, if you notice, a member of the SWAT team, not a factory worker, but he's dressed as a SWAT team member, is driving that truck. What was that SWAT team guy doing there? 
because the cop in the car was calling for backup. So did what? Did this one guy happen to have his SWAT gear and he got the message faster than everybody else? (laughs) Commandeered the truck and then tried to plow someone down with it? Ah, And then how stupid is this guy? Look at the kind of tanker he's driving. There's probably something flammable in there because they're at a plant that has a whole bunch of chemicals. They keep saying that they're breaking into chemical factories and, and laboratories and all this and that. That thing was going to go sky high. <laughs> so when Koenig stopped it without an explosion, he should actually get a medal for that. Because <laughs> that SWAT guy was about to blow up like one square block of Dakota. If not more, because if that thing goes up, the whole factory might have gone up. It was so stupid. <laughs> Created a second Big Bang with all the chemicals being released in the air. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, and then, of course, we have to get, you know, the, the tension between shebang and static. And I just don't get where that was coming from again. When we last saw her, it seemed like everything was kosher between them. Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to miss you. Come back soon. The second she shows up, what are you doing here? I mean, I understand him being a little miffed because she snuck into their hideout and then stumbled upon their secret identity. So I understand it a little, but it's still... The tension between them still seems like that you get under my skin as a rookie superhero kind of tension because at a couple of points he even says, watch a professional do this. Like, dude, did she not earn your respect last time? I kind of remember her doing it. So what's going on here? That that really bugged me. Again with the static ego. Exactly, exactly. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Do you want to get onto our, our scores or do you have anything else about this one? Uh, I guess the only other thing I would say about this one is... Uh... I, I loved it when, when she did show up and they f- throw on the wrong masks. <laughs> yeah, that was a little funny. That was a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's really about it. <laughs> oh, you know what? One other thing I want to bring up. So they show in previous the previous episode with her and in this one that she can jump the height of a very tall building. But instead of jumping from rooftop to rooftop, which is a shorter distance than from the ground to the top of a building, she keeps jumping from rooftop to ground back to the top of another building. I didn't understand how that made any sense. Let's, okay, we can jump 15, 20 feet from building to building, or we can jump down 10, 15 stories and back up 10, 15 stories. Huh? Huh? Whatever. Whatever. Let's get to our scores. Okay, let me flip back here. What are you going to give? What the hell was the first one? Showtime. Three. Um, I'm going to give this one a five. Like I said... It's just average. This one may be a little below, but I'm going to be generous and give it a five. Consequences. Uh, I'll give that a four. That is going to get a three from me. Romeo in the mix. Uh, back down to three. That is getting a three from me as well. Trouble squared. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. I, I, there were some things I did like about it, and I, I think this is a, another case of it being... Uh, gray, the gray being a little high because of the everything around it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, trouble squared, that's getting three from me. Oh boy, toys in the hood. Negative 26. <laughs> no negative numbers. Damn it. All right, zero. Yeah, exactly. This, this is a zero. This offended me on so many levels. So many levels. And then the parent trap. I'll give it a six. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it a six as well, and it goes to what I said before. That's, you know, any other day of the week, this is a four, maybe a five at best, but... It's Ron Perlman. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's Ron Perlman, and it shines amongst everything else in this episode. So, there you go. Hey, 
to run, but I'm not about to... What's happening to me? I may be a fool for love, darling, but I'm no dope. I programmed a fail-safe mechanism in case you betrayed me. Again. Even now, the nanites are liquefying your body. My body! My beautiful body! And I'm the only one with the antidote. Help me. My love, please. Sorry, Darcy. But you just don't play fair. Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss five more episodes of Static Shock. Those being Flashback, Blast from the Past, Future Shock, She Back, and Out of Africa. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sim saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast. (laughs) 